Just so online. Now we're live. Go. All right. Hey, what's up, all you mentalities out there? It is 6 o'clock. Well, past 6 o'clock. We are here. We are live from the crib. We've been doing this thing, as you know, for our fellow mentalities out there for the past three months now. Of course, with everything that's going on in our current environment, corona and all that, we are required to stay at home and stay safe. So we are here and we are reporting. We're still live. Our show is still every week at 6 p.m. And we are happy to be here this week with you. As you know, I am your host, Delano. Happy to be here. I got my man, Scully. Say what's up, Scully. Show him the 808. Hey, what's <laughs> up, Scully 808? <laughs> I got my man, Vato V. What's up, Vato V? Hey, Kiva Mirasa, what's going on? Yes, sir. KC, what's up, buddy? KC's busy with his, uh, his pimp right now. What's poppin'? <laughs> How's everybody doing? <laughs> And then he's the quiet one, the sexy one, sexy, sexy in the house. What's up, my man? Ron. All right. <laughs> so we are so happy here. We're just going to get into it. We've been, this, this man has been on our show before. He is one of our favorite and uh, most popular guests on the show. He has a lot to say, especially with what's going on today in today's environment. Um, as you know, besides Corona, we, our country is in the middle of a um, of a just a huge movement right now when it comes to to racism. It's almost like the second civil rights movement right now, and all this has been brought on by the death of George Floyd and and all types of police brutality that's been even more highlighted now in today's society. So let me just go ahead and introduce him to you. He's a graduate of my hometown school uh, or home. State School, the University of Arkansas. Of course, I graduated, I graduated from uh, Arkansas State. He graduated from the University of Arkansas. Oh, but it's all love. It's still all love. Um, <laughs> he also works for Xerox and CBS Broadcasting. He is the author of the book, The First Seven Seconds. This is a book that has, it gets deep into uh, police brutality and, and even police killings uh, as far as black men are concerned. He's going to talk about all that today. Please, <clears throat> so give him a hand. Mr. Greg Winston, he is here today you, with sir. us. Hey, look, I'm happy to be with you guys again. This is a good group. I'm, uh, I'm just happy to be among you. Uh, you know, we are so happy to have you here. You, ha you had so much to say about this uh, last time you were on. And I actually uh, uh, I did a, one of your, um, uh, I performed, actually emceed one of your events as well. That's right. Uh, regarding your book, and, and I had a, a blast doing it, and it was so informative and so educational. Yeah, we're still uh, getting cards and letters about you. You're a big, big hit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can't see it now, but I'm blushing. Trust yeah. me, I'm blushing right now. <laughs> so, Greg, you are uh, here with us today, and I know you have a lot to talk about. So let me, let me just say this. The last time, since the last time we spoke, what have you been up to? since the last time we spoke? Well, I, I want to start by saying there's been an uptick in people wanting to know more about the book since uh, George Floyd's death. So to set the timeline, the last time I was here about six months ago, right? right. The book was actually written a year ago. And interestingly, it didn't hit. Like people saw it and thought, oh yeah, that's good. I'd like to know about that. But after George Floyd, popularity shot up. Yeah. So yeah. I was a little bit ahead of the curve on this, but it's yeah. still timely. And in fact, it's more timely now than it was when I first talked to you. It, 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 I would solely agree with that. 
for, let's get into the book a little bit, the first seven seconds. For those in the audience and even those on the show, <clears throat> I never really met KC. He wasn't with us last time. Uh, can you tell the audience exactly what this book is about, the first seven seconds? Okay, it's, it's straightforward. I interviewed over 130 police officers to understand what they look for when they stop someone, when they approach someone, and what caused, I don't know, their actions <clears throat> to escalate. So what they started telling me were, were like the inside thinking that they had toward anyone. And what repeated over and over again was that in the first seven seconds, they make decisions on whether or not they need to be afraid, they need to get their gun. Uh, they make a decision on your life in the first seven seconds. So that's the title. Of the book. Yeah, that's the title of the book. And what it really does is that it teaches people who read it how to think like the police officer so that they aren't afraid, they aren't intimidated, and they don't inadvertently escalate the situation. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the point of the book. So you, you say the first seven seconds, to me, I actually think you're actually giving those police officers maybe even more seconds there because a lot of them say, they say they have to make a decision in, in a split second when it comes to certain instances. Uh, how, how can you defend that? Or you know, is there any way you can defend that as far as the, the police officer mindset when they have yeah. to make split second decisions like that? Here's the difference. Delano, they're saying that when they're in front of you. They're saying that's the decision when they're in front of you. And I'm saying they start making decisions when they're behind you, when they're getting out of the car, when they're approaching the car. That's where the seven seconds comes in. And you're absolutely wow. right. It is a split second decision, but they started that decision seven seconds ago. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> wow. I didn't even think about it that way. So yeah. in seven seconds, they're doing stereotypes. They're judging you. They're looking at your car. They're like, why you got that car? Wait a minute. He looks like he smokes pot. Oh, no, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, or, or, they're giving, or they're giving you props. They'll look at you and you're in a Prius and think, oh, he's cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just said something, Greg. You just opened yeah. up a can of worms there with Tech C, this dude. I was a cop and I saw you in a Prius. I'd be like, this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's jump him. Praise brutality. Beat his ass. Yeah. You get I forgot, I forgot, I forgot we were on a stream where you could curse. Yeah, Tech C will make that decision in a split second, trust me, if he sees you in the Prius. It would be the first, uh, it would be negative seven seconds yeah. if this guy saw you in the Prius. Um, so you said this book is this book has grown in popularity, uh, I'm sure, and I'm sure that's, of course, sparked with the, de with the death of George Floyd. Yes. What are your thoughts on that specifically, uh, how that whole thing went down, uh, you know, regarding the death of George Floyd? Just, just real, just real quick, you said, you know, with George Floyd, that cop had like nine minutes to make that decision. Yeah. 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 He decided that before and then spent another eight minutes and 46 seconds doing the wrong thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What is your personal opinion regarding that? Uh, I'd love to hear what you have to say regarding uh, what's his name? Uh, Chauvis. That's his name. Derek Chauvis. Chavis. Yeah. Uh, Chavis's officer. Chavis's former police officer. Chavis's behavior regarding the death of George Floyd. How he murdered them. Let me share something with you that I found out through research. There are over a million police officers in the United States. Only one percent of those officers are considered what we think would be bad. And here's what's interesting. All of the officers who have committed these infractions or killed someone 
had records. Every single one of them had infractions on their personnel file. Yes. And so did the guy who killed George Floyd. He had almost 20. He had like 19 yeah. Uh, yeah. charges. And he was training people. Yeah. Yes, oh, and he's training folks, yes. yes. Yeah. And that's the other two officers, they're using that as their defense that they were actually in training, if you will, or they were just following the orders of their senior officer. But I mean, okay. But what are they supposed to do? I mean, I'm not, I'm not defending them, but I'm like, okay, you in the job training, and this subhuman does that. I mean, I would have stood up and said something, but they're like, wait a minute. You know, because you know the police got that bond. You can't go in there and be like, oh, don't do that, don't do that. Well, yeah, that's actually, actually, I, I think they actually got an argument. Other than being not human and mad enough to stand up, they actually have an argument. And well, I agree with you. You know what I think? I think uh, in regards to that, like those, there was three officers that were brand new, especially the Asian guy and the other two that were on uh, George Floyd. Uh, and as a lead officer, you know, you, I guess, as a, you know, you're training your officers to pretty much follow your, your lead. You know what I mean? So it's like, what, what do you, what do you do? I don't buy that. I don't buy that because if that training officer was in, in a house with a drug bust and that training officer grabbed a stack of cash and put it in his pocket and said, go ahead, it's, it's cool. Those cops gonna do that too. That's wrong. It's wrongly guarded. That, yeah. that cop yeah. took an oath and had and had a and had you know it was his you know in his best interest to say hey you know that's a little too far man I know you're training me but like I don't think that's right. Like, so I want to say something right here. Look at Alex who's had that training and he's he's saying something that borders on the line of common sense. It's just yeah. common sense. Mm -hmm. So regardless exactly. of training, common sense should take over when you see something like that. And that's what Absolutely. I love the other officers. Absolutely. You know what's sad is Vato V had that training as well. <laughs> Where's his common sense? Where's your common sense, Vato V? <laughs> I was I was trained by uh, I was trained by a particular officer that I'm not gonna mention. I forgot I trained show. him. I did train him. I did train him. Uh, <laughs> but no, now you no, understand I, why I don't have any common sense. <laughs> good good comeback. Touche, touche. No, I, I totally agree with uh, I totally agree with you with you, Alex and, and Greg on that common sense. I mean, you see a man's knee on the back of another man's neck. The guy's saying, "I can't, I can't breathe." breathe. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, this is nothing new. Cops have been doing this for for decades, a century. But does that make it right? It, no, it doesn't it right? make it right. But it didn't make it right in the '60s, the '70s, the '80s, the '90s, the 2000s. So. What's these two little Rudy Poop long sleeves? You know, when they wear the long sleeves, that's how you know they're rookies. What are they going to do? From a cop are they going to go? They could have been heroes. They could have been heroes. Had one of those cops stepped up, had one of those cops ste stepped up and said, and just, let's say, tossed Derek Chauvin off the back of his neck and George Floyd lived, and that's, that's being recorded and shown to the world, that cop would have been a hero. Trust yeah. me. All right, yeah, you guys, I agree. I'm not defending these dudes, but I'm just saying, this has been the way of living for cops for all this time. These dudes, they're just like, oh shit, this is, I mean, I know they had to be like, this is off the hook. What's going on? But yeah, they didn't have, they weren't mad enough to stop it, but as far as they know, they're like, oh, maybe they're gonna do some paperwork and fix this. See, the thing that, the, okay, thing, that bothered me, the thing that bothered me about that whole video, um, you know, obviously we're in law enforcement and stuff like that. But the thing that bothered me about that whole video is just the fucking smirk that that officer had on his face when he was on, uh, when he when he felt empowered and he was listening to this, this individual die 
regardless of whatever George Floyd's record was, that that that's irrelevant to what the hell this 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 officer did with this guy. You know, and it's it sucks because you know that shows you what kind of person he really was. Like he's over here smirking. They're telling him to get off his neck, and he's still smiling. I don't want to say smile, but he was smirking like, "Yeah, I got this fool. Like I got, I'm on his neck. What are you gonna do about it?" And he's yeah. telling people to back up. You know, like, "Hey, back the hell up, man. Back the hell up." Like, well, that's like, in my opinion the reason that's why that's my problem. That, that's that's the problem I have because, you know, regardless <laughs> of the fact, yeah, this kind of tactics have have been practiced for years and years and years. But the point that I'm trying to make is that the way this guy went about it is like a nonchalant, cocky, fucking. Because he, he's got he the killed him. Cops have been overdosing on power for for it's it's what they it's what. See, I'm just a normal civilian, and you guys have all been trained. Me and Todd are at least normal. Well, I'll speak for myself. <laughs> you guys have been trained for civilians. We're what I'm like. This is what cops do. This is what the fuck they do. They 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 they, they abuse power. They go back to the station. They plant something. They said, "Oh yeah, yeah, he had a knife on him. We had to do it." But see, the only thing that saved us, we thought these things is this is break. These this is what's saving people's ass. These cameras. Yeah, yeah. KC, let me say this: the, this dude Derek Chauvin had almost twenty uh, complaints against him before, and he got away clean. He still has his job. He's basically he's gotten away twenty times or even more with certain behavior like this so when he had his knee on the back of floyd's neck he's looking at the camera he has this this grin on his face he has this full confidence that vato v talked about because why he knew there was a very good chance he was going to get away with this even though it's being recorded yeah. he felt very confident he was going to get away with it that's Maybe. why he continued okay to that's true delano what's that why do you think that's true why do because you think he, he felt comfortable that he would get off because, like I said, he had 20 charges on his record that he's gotten away with. Clean, you know, he's clean, gotten away with it. He still has his job. He's still working. He's actually out there. He's actually out there training other officers. Yeah. So that gave him yeah, the confidence. When you and get plus, away, when you get away with twenty, when you get mistakes. away with twenty yeah. things and mistakes, and you're 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 you know you're actually in an even better place in your career. You have full confidence when it comes to doing stuff like what he did to George Floyd. Okay, I want to give you the order of why he thought he would get away. So I really want to make sure we get this clear. Mm -hmm. I think the one reason that he thought he would get away is implied immunity. It's a law exactly. written that says no matter what a police officer does, oh, yeah, yeah. if he goes to court, they can override it. Okay, so that's right. the number one thing. Right. The number two thing that I look at when whether or not a cop can get off with something is that they feel like there's a blue line and no matter what they do, nobody's going to report them. Right. And then the, the third thing, which has happened with the cameras that Casey was talking about. Before this time, they didn't have to pay attention to cameras and they're acting out of habit, thinking no one will film it. By the time they realize they've been filmed, they're already into it. And those are right. the top three reasons. Right. So, yeah, he was in the zone. He was in the zone. He was in the zone of, of of murder, basically. Yeah, yeah. That's he, yeah. he definitely. He was definitely in a a, a a situation where he felt like I can get away with anything. I mean, I, so let me let me put something in here. I want to say that when you look at the protests, because that's where we left off before we started talking. 
-hmm. and you were asking me about the protest, I think we're protesting for the wrong thing. <clears throat> and people may disagree with me, but when you start looking at reforming the police department, everybody is focused on defunding. Yeah, right? that's and, true. and I'm saying that's the wrong tactic. Yes. All they need to do is one thing. Get rid of implied immunity, and it solves everything. Mm. See what I'm saying? All mm -hmm. of a sudden now, they're going to be just like me and you, and if they do something liable, wrong, they go liable. Okay? We can defund all we want, but if mm -hmm. they want to shoot someone and get away, they can still do it. Money or no money. And so... Right. Yeah, I, I've seen... I, I've seen... I mean, I've seen... Uh, I don't... You know, I don't obviously, I don't, We've seen various videos. I've seen obviously we've all seen videos in regards to people being uh, shot and killed, uh, and they're unarmed. You know what I mean? And and it it does bother me because there have been videos where like, what is if they take away if you have a rock and you're gonna throw it to a police officer? What gives you the right as a police officer of uh, officer to shoot and kill this individual? Like it just doesn't make sense to me. You know what I mean? That does not make sense. You know, if they take away your pepper spray, I get it. They can use it against you, but to shoot an individual, you better be damn sure that person is going to kill you right after if they're using the pepper spray against you. And I mean, they might, but what are the odds? Like, what are the odds? This person's probably just trying to get away. There's a lot of, there's a lot of logic that you have to, uh, uh, a lot of, you have to think a lot yeah. to make that decision of shooting somebody and killing that person because that's, that, that's going to bite you in the ass later on. And, and that's yeah. what I have a problem with. I have a problem with that. Yeah, you know, I got to say this related. I'm sorry, Casey, you had something to say. Go ahead. Oh, you're muted. Yeah, we don't hear him. We can't hear you, Casey. You're muted, Kay. We can't hear you. Well, while they're getting that together with Casey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there he is. Okay. He's still muted. You're still you muted yourself, man. <laughs> I muted myself. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> I was saying, Greg, I don't believe in defunding the police either. I think it, I was, I, I'm an advocate for better training and better recruiting. Yeah. And that might help better. But I don't think taking away money is going to help because you're taking away from the citizens. You're you know, taking away from resources. Just, just from living proof, you know, with, with what we do for work, you know, they, they took away a, what they call a special handling unit. And it, it took not more than a month before the, before they realized that there was no repercussions and no, uh, um, disciplines for what their actions were inside of the halls, yeah. And and it was chaos after that. So there if you, you defund if you defund the police and and the resources aren't there and nine one one calls take, you know, a lot longer than they do now. There is going to be a matter of time before criminals realize that and they're going to go to town on the on, on crime. They're just going to go out there and start doing crime because they know that the, the response times are not as, as criminals. Long. Criminals will realize day one. Yeah. And, and hey. it's going to go out of control. Hey, Greg, I, I, you I agree with what you're saying. I just want to add one thing. There's a level of defunding that has been excused for so long, and I want to address it. Can someone tell me why a police officer would ever need a tank? Why would he need a tank? <laughs> so I think there's some elements of defunding that should occur. But when people start talking about it, they're talking across the board. I disagree with that. Here's the only reason why they brought in tanks and, and you know, when we had the Hollywood bank robbers where they, were, they had assault rifles and they were out there shooting, that was the only reason why I think they went to big assault weapons like tanks. No, and, no, okay. Uh, they, they actually had, they were using tanks before that. They were using I tanks. I thought it was that something, batter ram. Boom. Yeah, they were using tanks in like the early 90s and late yeah. 80s. You never know what the batter ram is, yeah. that song? You know? I, I just think that yeah. after, after that Hollywood shooting with the police and 
in the bank robbers, they kind of went a little heavier on artillery. They went heavier on artillery, artillery yeah. yeah. The artillery, yeah. The artillery, they went heavy on they that. Did. But I think the, uh, the SWAT team they were outmatched. Stuff like that. They already had that because the, 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 the shooters that were in the North Hollywood shooting, they were, they, they were obliterating all these officers and stuff. They were like over 100 officers. Well, for two people, that, that was just That's incredible. Right? Yeah. Hey, Greg, Greg, let me ask you this. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask you, uh, you, you speak with a lot of officers. You spoke with a lot of officers even before all this stuff. Uh, what do you think about police morale these days with what's going on, how everybody's talking about defund the police and F the police and all that? That's, that's, that's the attitude right now. What are your thoughts on police morale with, with all this going on today? I think that uh, most police officers are type A personalities. And so when something like this occurs, their reaction is one of anger. It's not that morale drops, they get hyped. Uh, mm -hmm. There was a clip in New York where a union boss stood up and was talking about all these things that were happening to the police. You could hear the anger in his voice. Yeah. And so while you might think that they'd be uh, kind of low in their esteem, they actually go up. And so I mm -hmm. think it's causing a problem in their attitude right now because people are demanding their rights and they don't feel like people should have rights. Yeah, well, there's an issue right now with police. They're having these sick outs. I know. Yeah, they're calling out for BS and stuff like that. And actually the crime rate, especially over the 4th of July in California, or I'm sorry, Los Angeles, has gone up. Well, uh, not necessarily in Los Angeles, but this is across the United yeah, States. Yeah, across the United you States, know, Chicago, places like that. Atlanta, stuff like that, it's been, it's been insane. And you know, piggybacking off what you're saying, D, you know, like there's a lot of officers that, that are calling in sick, you know, and pay, you know, based on personal experience because of what's going on, like, you know, these calls are going to be taking a little longer than that. As an officer, you know that a minute of just fighting with somebody takes a toll. And it seems like it's hours and hours. So now imagine mm -hmm. a person's calling 911 and they need help right then and there. What's going to happen? Like, they're going to take two, three, four, five minutes. Because a minute seems like an eternity when you are, when you are fighting with somebody. Not necessarily uh -huh. fighting, but pretty much wrestling with somebody and trying to get that person under control. And if, and if they're bigger than you, then you're going to need backup. You know, you know what I mean? It just, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's just, it's just, it, it's, it, that, that's problematic. You know, so that's problematic. where do you hear the rate, crime rate from? Where, where uh, just, just in the local news, just reading the local news, the crime rate over the 4th of July. And, you know, I, I watch a lot of the news uh, in Chicago. I know the murder rate, uh, which is already bad out there, went up even more here in California or in Los Angeles County, if at least, uh, there were over, they usually average around nine homicides around this time of year. Uh, and I think it went up to 19. So almost double over the holidays, uh, uh, over the 4th of July. So, um, and they're saying, they don't know if that's linked to, um, you know, these sick, these sick outs or, if these criminals are like, oh man, you know, we got it good now. The police are all, you know, uh, nobody's really appreciating the police, so we can go out and just run amok, and maybe the crime rate went up. They're they're still trying to figure out why this uh, this surge is happening. So, well, I would I would ask you to look at the source also because there's a political move to make sure the police officers are positioned properly, 
So I don't mm -hmm. know that the information is accurate because I saw something that was startling and I want to share it with you. What percentage of crimes are solved by police officers in California? That's a good, Ooh, question. That's a good question. I'm not sure. It's two to three percent. Uh, two to three percent. That's it. Yeah. Say it again. Two to three percent. The majority of crimes committed in L.A. are not solved. Wow. Yeah. So did you say two to three percent? That's what I said. Two to three percent. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing to me that we put all this stock, all this money toward. <laughs> look at the budget for police officers right now, and look at the result we're getting. If you were running, mm. would you accept that as a return? No, not at all. Not, not at all. But, but here's, Mr. Winston, here's a, here's a question for you. Sure. Um, okay, so, you know, we're talking about defunding the police and stuff like that. You know, and I guess, you know, obviously we're talking about that. It's a 2 to 3% solving, solving the, these crimes. But if we put social workers, let's say, or yeah. mental health workers to go and, you know, de-escalate a specific situation, how high do you think the crime will be after that? Or how, how effective do you think they will be uh, doing that, their jobs? I, I think they would be more effective. And here's what I want to say. It is not defunding the police that I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about essential services, placing the money where it's going to do the most. And we seem to have lost that. If you look at the budget, most of our budget is on military sourcing. Yeah. guns and ammo and tanks and all of that preventative things rather than trying to solve what the problem is it's backwards right it's, it's like our prison system our prison doesn't system doesn't seek to rehabilitate anyone right yeah you know back yeah. in the south they used them as a a, a, a work source right and, I, and it was created for that and i'm telling you it has now it's a business it's all a business it's a business now, business now. yeah these prisons yeah. And they really need to revamp that whole thing right there, the you know, incarceration system or detainment do you, system. Do you think with all these changes and all these movements and all these protests, and what, do you think anything's going to change? Do you think, in reality, do we, do we really think that anything's going to change or is it going to be the same? Good question. No, I, th I think some things are going to change, but here's where, where the problem lies. And I want you to take you back to the civil rights movement. When Martin Luther King started that movement, he wasn't alone. He had freedom riders that came from the, from, the, uh, from the New York area that came down to help him. He had hippies that were on the West Coast that came over and helped. And it brought him more impact. But here's the result. Every time you have a movement, they start to dilute it. So involved in the civil rights movement wasn't just that it helped blacks. Black, it helped women. It helped people who had disabilities. It helped people that were gay. That's true. And so what we have to watch out for is our governing bodies try to dilute everything that is put into a movement. Like right now, when you look at defunding the police, look at the long list of things that they're arguing about. See, they've diluted that so that it takes away from the punch. If you notice earlier, I said, all we need is one thing. If we get a implied immunity, it solves everything. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So, I say, I say you should run. It won't help if it's diluted. That's, that's my answer. I say you should run for mayor, Greg. <laughs> mayor Winston. Mayor Winston, man, you got some great ideas, and you're absolutely right. I totally agree with you. Instead of, instead of throwing all these jabs, just throw that, that, that right punch. That right punch. And yeah. knock the situation out, you know? There you go. Mike Tyson, I totally agree with you there. I totally agree. Now, okay, so um, 
Now, we all understand with the whole George Ford thing and, and all that going on right now, uh, why you wrote the book or you wrote this book actually, you said, how, how, much, in it, how much before all this happened? How many years before year, did you write a year. this book? A year before. So, so you were already on this whole thing, even though police brutality and all that was out there. Now, like you said, the popularity of the, of the book has just blown up. But what made you decide to invest your time and efforts into writing this book um, <clears throat> before all of this? Sandra Bland. What's that? Sandra Bland. Sandra Bland. Can you tell the audience about? Yeah. Sandra Bland was a young lady who was in Texas. She pulls mm -hmm. out of a parking lot and her taillight wasn't working. The officer pulls her over and as he's talking to her, she likes a cigarette. And he starts getting on her about the cigarette. She didn't want to put it out, didn't feel like she had to. He jerks her out of the car, handcuffs her, throws her on the car. Next thing you know, she's in jail. She kills herself. Oh. Allegedly. Okay? Uh, uh, my first uh, thought was, my daughter, who was 18 at the time, could have that happen to her. So I started to interview police officers to find out how they thought and what made them go off the deep end. Because that officer started off very nice and something clicked. So my question was, what was it that made him click? What, what was the thing that sent him off the deep end? And that's the origin of the book. <clears throat> wow, wow, wow. And was Sandra, was she a, an African-American lady? Yes. Okay, okay. And now, since then, have you learned of any new um, alleged deaths and things like that that have occurred besides George Floyd and you know, uh, uh, the, the, the gentleman in, in Atlanta, I can't think of his name right now, who was shot in the back. And of course you had Ahmaud, Ahmaud Arbery and yes. those type of people. Are there any other facts or deaths that stand out to you um, regarding police brutality and murder? Well, here's what I want to say. There's a laundry list of people who have been killed or hurt by police officers. And what I'm trying to do, since everybody sees those and they know about it, I, I want to use this valuable time to help people prevent it. So I want to take you all the way back to Little Rock. Little Rock has just introduced a new high school that they're going to open. It's called Southwest. They spent $128 million on this school. I flew to Little Rock. I met with the mayor and the police chief, Keith Humphrey. Mm -hmm. And I showed him the book. And there's a program that goes with the book. So it's the book. It is a program that teaches people how to reach their potential. And then me reaching out to companies for internship. Mm -hmm. So here's what I want to say. When you look back at the long history of race, it's based on economics. Mm -hmm. That the South was more profitable than most countries during the time of slavery. Mm -hmm. And when that was taken away from them, they were bitter. Mm -hmm. And they taught that over and over again to their children, and we arrive at this place today. Mm -hmm. So my contention is I want to keep kids alive with a book. I want to teach them how to access their potential. And I want to help them economically by getting them internships so that they can grow. And the I end see. result is I want most kids that we're talking to today to start their own business. Let me ask you something, Greg. Yeah. 
how do you feel about reparations for black folks? Do you think that would help in that process of what you mentioned? Reparations? Um, I'm going to give you the short answer is no. And here's why. <clears throat> They've given reparations to all the people they wanted to give them to. Native mm -hmm. Americans got reparations. Mm -hmm. Italians got reparations. And Japanese people got reparations. Why would it take 400 years of the people who built the country to get reparations if they intended to do it. They don't. And there's so many ways they could do it. They could give yeah. tax cuts, they could give stock options, they could give cash, Education. land, they, nothing. They don't want to do anything. Yeah. So while I agree with their, the idea of reparations, that's not going to happen. You know, and that's sad. Go ahead, V. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to ask you based on the, you know, I'm going to go back backwards a little bit in regards to the book it says obviously the first seven seconds as a police officer you know they're already assessing you and and you know they already make up they already made up their decision and to what's going to happen correct so my right. question to you would be as a as a regular civilian and you're in that vehicle how are you supposed to act or what are you supposed to do in order for you not to get killed so Great that question. these officers, so that these officers can, you know, feel okay with you, because there's a lot of people out there that they start asking, like, well, why? Why did you pull me over? As soon as you say that why question, things go from here to to here, and yeah. it goes, you know. So that's that's the problem that a lot of these that a lot of these officers are having. That's gonna determine whether you're gonna live or you're gonna die. So okay. as a civilian, what is it that what what um I guess what can you tell the, the a regular civilian? When, they're, when they are pulled over, what can you tell them to, to how to behave? I mean, I know it's common sense, but what can you tell them? Okay, Vato, that's a, that's a great question. So let me start before you're pulled over. Here's what causes them to stop you. It's your car. They start with your car. If your car has a bumper sticker on it that's the wrong bumper sticker, they're going to pull you over. If your tabs are expired, if you have a window that's broken out so it looks like your car was stolen, they will pull you over. If there's a dent in your car, they'll think he, he stole the car and he hit something and I need to pull him over to check it out. So the first mm -hmm. thing is have your car right. You know, don't have your windows tinted. So mm -hmm. the moment they pull you over, I'd, I'd like you to do the first thing. And that is as soon as you hear that siren, pull over. Don't waste any time getting over. As he's walking up, roll down all the windows and turn the music completely off. And I don't mean just your window, all the windows so that he right. can see there's nothing else going on. And when he comes up, you address him the same way. Hello, officer, how are you today? And keep your tone right. Let him tell you why he pulled you over. Then when he asks for license and registration, go up. Never put anything low. Keep it in your visor and tell him that's what you're going to do. My, my driver's license, my registration, and my visor. May I reach up and get it? <clears throat> and he's going to feel comfortable because you've already addressed him your tone is right you go up and get it and you hand it to him and don't be black um i, I, I like that I, I, i'm gonna tell my son that to keep his stuff up not down yeah you got to keep it up yeah and you know like you make that. a good point there greg because because castillo the the gentleman that was killed by the police officer <laughs> in minnesota he informed the the officer that he had a, a handgun in his glove compartment and he asked and he also told the officer he had his information in there. He told, he verbalized to the officer, okay, I'm going to the glove compartment to get this, this paperwork that you're asking for. And the officer still shot him. So uh, had he kept that up maybe, or in a different, had he not had a handgun, you know, it's that, 
I mean, he would probably be living today as well. So well, there was a critical mistake here. And I just want to say that don't volunteer any information ever. <laughs> you answer the question, but you don't volunteer anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know yeah. what, but you know what, if, if had he not volunteered that information, chances are the cops saw the handgun in the, in the glove part. He would just shot him yeah. anyway because he saw a gun. Yeah. Well, that goes with what yeah, but said. Delano said he should have kept it up. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah so yeah, I want to respond to what, yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I'm, uh, I got I went home for Christmas to, the, to Arkansas. I okay. drove. I went through Texas. I know you did. Yeah. I yeah. Remember. Yeah. You know, the, the, the drug belt where people run drugs and all that. I know. So I drove that long Texas stretch. I was pulled over by a cop. This guy pulls me over, white guy, young white guy, um, starts searching my vehicle. Didn't ask me, didn't say anything, just starts search, pull every, pulls everything out, does, oh. just doesn't follow protocol whatsoever. I could have easily been that angry black man, like, what the F you doing? You don't have the right and what do you know? Da, 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 and went off on him. But then I thought about, it. I'm here in the middle of nowhere, Texas. Texas, okay? All I got to do is look at him funny. He'd be like, boy, I don't like the way you're looking at me right now. I mean, anything could have happened. So I let this man illegally do this search in my vehicle. And of course, later, you know, I got his name and everything later, uh, sent my complaint in to, to, his, um, to his superiors or whatnot. But would you say that was the smart thing to do? Uh, instead smart of thing to do. And I'm going to tell you yeah. this, Eleanor, there's no easy, safe way to drive to Little Rock. If you swing down <laughs> yeah. to Texas, you run into your stuff. If you go up and go through Oklahoma, Oklahoma is the number one city for black fatalities by police oh, officers. I believe There's no it. safe way to drive to Little Rock. Damn, I've never heard that. that. Yeah. There's nothing in Oklahoma. There's nothing in Oklahoma but trees and white people. And as a black man, that scares me because the only thing missing from that equation is a rope. So, yeah. you know, you don't want to go there. I fly. <laughs> Next time fly, man. What are you doing driving, man? Fly. <laughs> I wanted so I to take tell you the, the solution to all of this, and, and I didn't invent it. I heard uh, a comedian say this, and he said, you know something? I can solve the race relations with police officers overnight. How's Only that? black people can be police officers. Ah, uh, I said that. I said that on the show so many times. Just hire black police officers. Yes. Yeah. And these guys laughed at me like, oh, you know, no, no, I've said no, that, Vato V, you know what I'm talking about. No yeah. English, no English. I should, English. I tell you what, the mayor, Mayor Winston, I tell you, you'll be governor, let me be mayor. We can run yeah. this town. Man. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Get yourself out the equation, please. I'll be, I'll be the next Bill Clinton, but, you know, Lisa, I'll do the good things for the, for the, for the country. You got, you got charisma, so you could be Clinton. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that so much. I from some young woman, that's all. <laughs> that's my Bill Clinton, man. That's my Bill Clinton. That's a good one. <laughs> now, you talked about implied immunity. I really love that. Um, and I love how you asked me the question, like, why is it that Chauvin felt like he can get away with that? Implied yeah. immunity is the number one thing. That right there is, is that, do you think in the process of getting what we need, that right punch you talked about, do you think if you had to choose one thing is what I'm saying, if you had to choose that one thing to get for, for us to get what we want regarding the, uh, you know, police system, what would that one thing be? It would, would it be, be applied immunity. And I want to tell immunity? you why. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, a microscope is presented to all police officers. 
that if you do something, you could not only lose your job, you could go to jail, which is their worst nightmare. You could yeah. go to jail. You could be prosecuted for uh, abusing someone. You could be prosecuted certainly for killing. And I think that there's uh, a probability they could be convicted of racketeering. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Racketeering. Yes. So what I'm saying is there's so many police officers that take drugs and put them into a pool, hide evidence, and all of them know about it. It's yeah. the de definition of racketeering. I mean, you no, know, we've been, we, we've been, uh, we've been, we've given our opinion, two black men, three black men, and two Hispanic gentlemen. Let's hear from our resident white guy on the show. He's been quiet here. He's been a little, are you feeling a little white guilt over there, Scully? What's going on, man? You've been quiet. He's usually not this quiet. He's on mute. <laughs> Fucked up. Do we have him on mute? hear me? Oh, his connection is bad. Okay. Go ahead, Scully. Oh, Can you okay. hear me? Barely. Scully's yeah, you're like, mom's internet. Yeah, yeah. you know, messed up, brother. <laughs> got dial up. Yeah, you know how moms don't care anything about internet. They have the worst internet. Scully's <laughs> <laughs> internet. His internet has coronavirus right now. Um, Greg, when you look back, how do these current protests, you kind of hit on it earlier with Martin Luther King and the hippies and the freedom riders and everything. Yeah. But one thing KC brought up on the show and I totally agree with him is, and we talk about these people all the time, this generation of people, these millennials out there. Have you noticed with these protests, there have been more millennials and more people involved in the protests regarding racism towards black folks these days than ever as far as even even during the civil rights era. Did yeah, you agree I'll tell with you that? something. There, there's there's a, a break in this, and here's what's happening. When Casey started, he started holding up his phone. He said, this is the reason all this is coming to the forefront. Well, when George Floyd hit, there were so many people who did not have knowledge of what was going on. They heard it, but they didn't pay attention to it. They saw a video, but they thought the officer was right. You see what I'm saying? All this time, They've been agreeing with police officers like, you know, those guys are wrong. Police officers would never do that. Yeah. And now all these videos were triggered by George Floyd. And there was this lineup of video after video of police officers doing exactly the same thing. Yeah. So yeah. all of yeah. a sudden now, they're getting the education. So what I'm seeing in protests now is a group of people who never had this knowledge. And now that they have it, they're trying to do something about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I got to say, when I first saw that video, and, and raise your hand here if you feel the same way. When I first saw that video of George Floyd being murdered by Derek Chauvin, there was a part of me that felt like he was going to get away with this or, or this is not going to be as big as it's turned out to be because we're just so used to these police officers getting away with stuff like that. I'm gonna tell you what else thing open. Okay, can I tell mm -hmm. you what the broken open? Yeah, yeah, I'm please. gonna take you all the way back to Cummins Prison. Do you know where Cummins is? Oh yeah, my uncle South was there. South of Little Rock. Yeah. Prison, Cummins, uh -huh. okay. Oh, wow, so bring it back when memories. I was, when I was a kid, my grandfather had a farm near there and uh -huh. I, I saw inmates being beaten. And you know what those inmates would do when they were beaten? What's they that? They would call for their mother. Oh. George Floyd called for his mother and it sent shockwaves to all the mothers. Yes. That's yes. what broke it open. Yes. Yes. That's I, the thing. 
you know, my, my opinion on that is, you know, I'm going to go on the opposite because with, uh, with Delano, I, I had a feeling that it was going to be bad, especially when that, like I said, and when I, when I, when I said earlier, when that fool started smiling or smirking, yeah, I knew, I knew for, for whatever reason that was going to be bad. I didn't know it was going to be this, this big, but I knew it was going to be something big because that brought back memories actually worse than the Rodney King beating because this, this gentleman was killed. You know what I mean? Rodney yeah, King was yeah. beaten up bad. Like, yeah, it, it was a bad thing. But this guy right here, this guy right here was killed, man. And this guy was smiling and, and just smirking like, I look at me, look what I can do. You know what I mean? It's like, that pissed me off because that set up, for me, that set up, a, uh, uh, like, it, you know, as an officer, it pissed me off because I have family that is also law enforcement. And it's like, they're trying to do their job. But this guy here, just without the respect, fucked it up for, every, for, for all, all the officers out there, yeah. you know, yeah. and they started just this huge movement. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you know, yesterday, uh, Boxo V, you'd be proud of me. I, I think I, th I talked to you about this earlier and, and Greg, I want to mention it to you. Yesterday I, I'm in Los Angeles. I had an appointment out there and these two police officers pulled up next to me at the light. And I look at them, they were two Hispanic gentlemen, um, you know, doing their job. And I said to myself, let me, let me say something to these guys, right? So I motioned for them to roll their window down. And I said to them, this is exactly what I said to them. I said, hey, gentlemen, as a black man, I don't know if you're good cops or bad cops, but all I know is cops are getting a bad rap right now. And if you are good cops, then I want to say to you, as a black man, that I appreciate everything you're doing for our community. I said that to them. Some black folks might get pissed off at me for doing that, okay? And they immediately said, you know what? Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. God bless you. That's something we, we kind of needed to hear. Us good cops needed to hear right now. So I did that because I did that because right now there's a lot of tension going on between cops and black people. Yeah. And I wanted to let, just in case these are good cops, I wanted to let them know that don't be pissed off at everybody. Every black man isn't this bad person. And I wanted to let them know that I don't think every cop is a bad person. So that's the whole point of that whole conversation, the reason why I did that. Well, one of the things I found is that every now and then I'd run into a bad cop. I could just tell from the way he was talking to me, how he didn't want to answer questions. He didn't want to be bothered. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Invariably, the bad cop was with a good cop. Mm. Wasn't, I never found two bad cops. I found one that was bad, and the other one go, oh, he's, he's in a mood. And he would talk to me. Yeah. And I thought, isn't that interesting? I wonder it is interesting. Does yeah. He, they pair him up on purpose? See, maybe I'll keep him on chest a little bit. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> so if you, had to, if you had to put a percentage on, and I know you don't know every cop out there, but if you just had to take a guess, Greg, you know, in your research, what percentage of police officers out there would you say are bad? If you had to put a percentage on it. It is minimal. I'm saying it's probably one or two percent. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, it is that's minimal. Pretty, that's yeah. pretty low. It's wow. low. Hey, most police like, officers are good guys. So you're saying the percentage is like Bato B sperm count. Just one. Yeah, it's about there. Yeah. Uh, 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 I got you. Okay. <laughs> hey, but then it's penis size. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, I'm, I'm, hey, you know we talk serious, but you know we gotta get some of that some of that mentality stuff in there. <laughs> You have to have now, thick skin to be on this show. Yes, oh, you yeah. do. Yes, you do. Now, uh, Greg, it's called it's called foreskin. <laughs> <laughs> now, you have a thing 
It's called the uh, Seven Seconds Empowerment Program. I know you go out and you speak to different high schools and you speak to different people throughout the country. Um, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that and talk about the Seven Seconds Empowerment Program? Is that what, what, you, uh, what that program is about when you go out and speak to people? Yeah, I'm trying to bring that to schools. And here's the thing. Um, no matter what you learn in school, it doesn't matter if you don't make it. You, you, you're, you're hurt or you're shot, you're killed. And so the first step is to get that book in the hands of kids so they, they know how to act when someone pulls them over. Part of the responsibility is on the officer and part of the responsibility is on the person that stopped. And I believe that. Okay. So the second part of it is what is it that's causing people to be successful? And I've studied this. I've read over a thousand books trying to understand what causes success. And I put that into a 10 step module and I teach kids things that they don't learn in school. You know, how to, how to reach your potential, how to motivate yourself, how to see differently so you can see opportunity. Those are the things that cause success. Then once I finish that, I'm working directly with companies to start internship program so a child can go from high school or college into a program and get the basis of how a company works. But what I really want for them is to start their own business. America's set up so that you can prosper by setting, starting your own business. Yes. Wow. That, you know, Tech C is uh, somebody I admire when it comes to that. Um, he has a very deep business mind and starting his own business and things like that. I mean, of course, the porn industry right now is not really popping, but, you know, at least he's trying. At least he's trying. <laughs> so, <laughs> now, well, his other business is selling ganja, so either way, he's going to be cool. <laughs> I feel bad for Scully. Scully, can you hear us? I, I think Scully, you know, see, that's... He looked. He can hear it. You know what? It, it, this is, this is uh, indicative of what's going on in today's society. You know, just the white man is just down right now, man. So. <laughs> there, 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 there. <laughs> Scully, this is beautiful. <laughs> Scully, so, uh, uh, sorry, buddy. Yeah, it sounded real, uh, real bad. Uh, so, I'm sorry, Scully. Um, so, Greg, <laughs> we're, we're about to end... Yeah, go ahead, Scully. Nah, let's, let's just, yeah, sorry. So, uh, Greg, before we, yeah, I'm sorry, Scott. Let's just go ahead and mute, mute him real quick. Sorry. <laughs> he's already, he's already been, he's already been muted. He's sorry, Scully. We, <laughs> so, uh, Greg, <laughs> he's walking away sad. I'll call him. I'll call him. Uh, yeah, Greg, before we get out of here, our, we usually let our guests get the last word. And I, I got to say again, Thank you so much for joining us. You were, what you're doing, your cause, what you're doing for the community, what you're doing for not just young black men, but what you're doing for young men out there and just young people in general is, is, is you're a godsend and you're an angel. And we, uh, we really, really appreciate you doing that for our community. And we appreciate you being here to share your message with us. And we, and I, I promise you when I say this, we definitely will lo would love to have you back on the show. Uh, anything new you have coming up, any tours, anything like that you want to talk about? I know right now we got the Corona thing going on. I don't know if that slowed your business down, but is there anything, any last words, anything you'd like to say before we, before we end this thing? Well, I just want to say that uh, not only do I appreciate being here, I appreciate the interest level that you guys have from the questions you ask to the participation. It, it's a great show to be on. And I want to close out by saying, if you look at this current movement, 
it is the longest running civil rights violation we've had mm -hmm. from slavery all the way up until now these violations have been occurring it's the mm -hmm. longest running and yeah. the news is that more people are being educated about it yeah. and so part of it is they want i want them to understand what has happened and what i'm trying to do is make them understand how to act until legislation catches up legislation won't happen that fast so we could save somebody's life with this book before legislation hits right and my goal is to do just that would you say that the internet and social media has been our best friend regarding the fight against racism oh absolutely yeah because one of the things i've noticed that is that even when a person who's racist posts something invariably somebody's going to check them yeah yeah, yeah. They're going to lose their job. <laughs> yeah, and part, of, and part of it now is that it's being spurred on by uh, a leader who pretends that he's not a racist, but acts in every way like a racist. Oh, that, yeah. That TMZ posted, he was a, a CEO of a company, and he was making racial slurs towards some Asian people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, they San Francisco. All over, yeah, all over the internet because of him. I mean, and basically he's a shithead. I mean, why would he go out there for unprovoked? You know, it's just crazy how, how people just unprovokedly go out there and just, you know, bash people for no reason. Like, it just makes no sense. Yeah. Hey, you guys. Know, I, he, was, he, was, he was talking about, and I, I'm sorry to cut you off. Uh, D, no problem. He, no problem. He's talking, he's talking about his, uh, you know, like, make America great again. I, you know, the whole thing is America has always been a great country. Yeah, it, it has its issues, but, like, he divided this country. That's my opinion. He divided everybody, and it's just. I just, think, I just think that when he that you know he as we're, we're talking about Trump, he he made it okay, openly okay for people to to because I, I don't think the racism, I don't think the racism ever went away. I think racist people have always been racist. They just kind of been quiet, you know, and uh, you know on the DL. And then when Trump took over, like he just he made it okay for you to openly be racist and and talk, you know, and and act out on it and. That's not okay. Yeah, and now okay. he's feeding. Now he's feeding his base uh, in, a, in an attempt to get reelected. He's feeding his base, thinking there's more racists out there that just haven't come out. And hopefully, these people come out in both form. I just want to say this really quick. Oh, go, ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Winston. I'm sorry, Mr. Winston. No, go ahead. I'll come back to it. There's a new law. Speaking of changes being made, uh, California lawmakers they're proposing this thing called the Karen Act. Have yeah. you guys heard of this? It's C A R E N. And it stands yeah. for it stands for caution against racially exploitive non-emergencies. Meaning, if you are making calls to nine one one, claiming that you are being uh, attacked in some kind of way, and, and and there's some type of racial element to it, it will now be against the law. How wonderful is that? Yeah, How like wonderful you. is that? That's I all like I want that. to say. Yeah. I like that. Sorry, go ahead, Greg. <laughs> well. Um, I just want to say that we're talking about Trump, and I want you guys to know that he's losing the base that he's trying to stoke. And the book, yeah, they're dying. The book written by his mm -hmm. um, niece is, is, is going to explode. Mm -hmm. Everything I've seen about that book and her mm -hmm. telling the truth is going to really, really hurt him. So I don't look to see him back. You know, I Rick, hope not. I'm looking at Scully over here right now. <laughs> It is so funny because this guy is always defending Trump and he can't say anything right now. That's right, Scully. We got you on mute. You got bad internet. F Trump 
F Maka right now. You can't say anything about this guy. Look at him. He's mad. He's over there seething right now. <laughs> hey, he can still do this, right, Scully? Scully, he can still do this, right, Scully? <laughs> can he hear us? Hey, at least he's hanging in there right now. Uh, all right, hey, Mr. Winston. I need to do your homework. <laughs> Sorry, Scully, we can't do the red rant this week. We do usually do this thing called Scully's Red Rant where he goes off about how he loves Trump and that type of thing. But sorry, it's not going to happen this week. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Winston, Greg Winston, the book is called The First Seven Seconds. Read it, check it out. It's on Amazon. Uh, get it anywhere, any bookstore, anywhere you can get a book, you will see this book. Please check it out, folks. Uh, it will save your life or somebody you love, your child. It will save their lives. So uh, thank you again, Mr. Winston, for joining us, my fellow Arkansian. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, I thought it was Arconian. Arconian? Arconian? Okay. Casey even smoking. Uh, all right, folks. That is our show. Thank you for joining us again, Greg. All right, see you guys. From Scully, Vato V, Greg Winston, Delano, KC, Scully. Did I say Scully? Tex C. Scully's Tex gone. C. He's gone. He's mad. He's mad. Tex C, that is our show, folks. Remember, in life, we'll see you next week, 6 p.m. In life, you're good. But with our help, you. You could be the best. Be the best. We'll see you next week, folks. Thank you, Mr. Winston. Thank you, Greg. Thank you. Appreciate it, Mr. Winston. Have a good one. All right. Well, I'm on IG, Greg Winston. Greg, you want to put your IG out there really quick? Oh, I guess.